listening to the HSP Way, the podcast for highly sensitive people who are looking for connection and a place to celebrate the value of being an HSP. And if you have found your way here, then I know you are ready to expand your mind and open your heart so that you can do the work you are meant to do on this planet. It is time to let go of the societal construct of the word sensitive and step outside of the box. Hi, this is Jane Marie, coach for HSPs and co-creator of the HSP Way podcast, which is a podcast for HSPs made by HSPs. And as you listen to each episode, you will see what it truly means to be a highly sensitive person. And as your host with over 10 plus years of experience as a healer, a teacher, and a lifetime experience as an HSP, I'm here to create community so that you can learn to use your sensitivity as your superpower as we explore the HSP way through a cosmic lens, an open heart, and the art of letting go. Hello, my sweet HSPs. Did you know that you create 20% of the human population? And of that 20%, the split between males and females is equally divided. And while that is true, it is also true that being a highly sensitive male brings about challenges that are contributed to by the masculine gender role defined by our culture. It is this contribution of a culture that does not celebrate sensitivity in men, a culture that assigns words like weak to the display of emotions and or tears that make it so hard for males to step into their authentic self as an HSP. And while I believe that little by little this is changing in our culture, it is still most important to consider how many HSP men are out there right now and perhaps still have yet to understand that they are in fact highly sensitive. Bearing this in mind, it is an honor to share this episode with you because it is one that is full of exploration and taking responsibility for oneself as an HSP and then sharing that learned knowledge experience, and vulnerability with others as an emotional leader. So let me get to it and introduce to you today's guest, Johannes Tra. Johannes is a data scientist by trade. He works on machine learning and software development projects in the tech industry. He also coaches early career engineers and scientists and has been the main organizer of Boston's HSP meetup group for the past seven years. He's always happy to discuss the challenges and gifts that come with being highly sensitive. So grab your favorite beverage and let's dive in. Hello, Johannes, how are you doing today? Hi, Jane Marie, I'm doing pretty well. Excellent, I'm so happy to be here with you. And as you have shared with us, you have been the main organizer of Boston's HSP meetup for the past seven years. I think that would be a wonderful place to start. Would you like to share some more about that? Yeah, sure. I mean, it's been it's been really, really 
Nice. <laughs> Something that I like to say is that if you want to learn about this topic, right, if you really want to deep dive on, on HSP and temperament and, you know, kind of really empower yourself through the, through these kinds of conversations, then being the organizer of a group focused on that topic is the way to go. Because <laughs> you're the one who, you know, schedules the events and then, you know, you have the the, the responsibility to show up and hold the space and have something to say. So, um, yeah, it, it, uh, seven years ago, it's an interesting story actually, because um, I, I moved to Boston seven years ago and it was a, you know, pretty significant kind of transition, you know, uh, a lot of change happening in my life. And I was, kind of uh, exploring myself uh, and HSP came up as something that was, you know, a big part of that. And I had come across Elaine Aaron's book, uh, The Highly Sensitive Person in Love back in undergrad about six years before that. But, you know, it, it was, that was a different time and I, I wasn't as open to really exploring it um, as I was, you know, uh, later on. So anyway, uh, really started to get interested in it and identifying much more with it. Um, and then found uh, an existing HSP meetup group in the Boston area, which is one that I now organize. Um, so I wasn't, I didn't start it. It was started wow. back in 2010. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So late 2016, I kind of was searching and I, you know, used some keywords. I don't remember what keywords I used, but found it on Meetup and then went, huh, interesting. So let's go, let's just go there, you know, talk to people and see what, what this is about. Um, and, you know, it was kind of uh, not that well organized at the time, I guess. It was sort of going through a transition period itself. Um, but after a couple of months, the main organizer, you know, said, uh, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, making some changes in my life and stepping away from organizing this group. Would anyone like to take over? And I just said, me, 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 please. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> uh, I'm super interested in doing that. So pretty much overnight, I became the, the main organizer and then started, you know, putting together um, events. And it was actually pretty easy because there are a lot of people who, um, you know, find these conversations empowering and are exploring it themselves. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So, um so it was great. I mean, I had some really serious imposter syndrome early on that tapered off, I think, after about six months. That's usually <laughs> how, how I uh, look at it, um, you know, because people would show up and they would say, oh, this, you know, this guy's running it. So he must know what this is about. <laughs> I didn't necessarily know. I just wanted to meet people and, and understand myself, really, at that point. Right. Yeah, but but the vibe was really, really good. You know, everyone showed up and took turns and, uh, you know, kind of commented on, on how loud the the kitchen was in the cafe that we were, you know, next to. <laughs> stuff like that. It's like, yeah, it is loud, isn't it? Um, so stuff like that. And uh, yeah, it's been great. I mean, I've learned so much, uh, especially around the language, like how we can use the right kind of language to talk with each other and with people who have no idea what HSP is to have mm. productive conversations and, and you know, 
Um, what and, would be perhaps an example? Oh, well, so there, there's all the language around HSP that Elaine Aaron, um, you know, has, has put together, right? So, um, I mean, I'm just thinking of the, the does criteria, you know, depth of processing, um, overstimulation, uh, empathy, uh, emotionality, and sensory sensitivity. That's a framework that is very, very helpful for understanding the different facets of HSP, because it's not just you know, one thing, it's sort of this, uh, it's, it's, it's an aspect of temperament. So it's pretty deep and it has a lot of impact throughout one's life. So that's a framework that, you know, in a, in a, in a meetup on the topic we can use and we can talk about, and it's kind of, it's interesting to everyone and it's easy, it's helpful. Um, but if you're, I don't know, if you're, uh, having a casual conversation with, you know, with someone you just met, you don't just like jump into a framework and, and unless you know that they're interested in psychology and stuff like that. Right. Um, yeah. And, or another example is, um, let's say, you know, in a, in a workplace environment, kind of like a corporate setting. Uh, if you're in a meeting to talk about teamwork and psychological safety and stuff like that, then maybe you can slip in, you know, a framework like that, but usually the language is, is just different. You know, you talk about, uh, you use different different language like, um, you know, uh, servant leadership. That's a way to, to talk about <laughs> HSP related things without saying HSP, you know? So it's a bit of a dance in different settings. Sometimes you don't have to really think about it that much. Like, like in the meetup that I organized, we can just be very, very plain about what we're talking about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, I'm 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 a, a highly sensitive, and it took me uh, six months to two years, so somewhere in there, to really feel like I know what I'm talking about, you know. Uh, when it comes to the this this topic, is pretty deep, you know, has a lot of impact, a lot of areas of your life. So, um, took me a while. Uh, I can't expect someone who's not HSP to have the same kind of comfort with it after like. 20 minutes, you know, so yeah, sometimes you have to meet people where they're at to have productive conversations. Yeah. And so in your, in your meetup and I, I understand, yes, so easy to create stories from people's words. The main organizer is exactly what you said. And so yeah. how do you, um, and perhaps for anyone who's out there wanting to participate or do something similar to what you're doing do you have any advice or recommendations or what what it is that you do when you meet up oh yeah um well that's an interesting question actually because it's changed over time especially mm. through the pandemic you know <laughs> i think the the way that people tend to connect at least in 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 my group um has is, is different. It's noticeably different before the pandemic versus after. Um, so I think the main, the main thing is to just, you know, hold space with a very generous intention, you know, because I think that's what, what people are looking for. There, people tend to show up uh, if, if they're first timers, you know, 
there, there are some people who are, have been part of the group for a long time and were good friends and all that kind of stuff. But when people first show up to the group, um, they have a lot of questions. It takes a lot of courage, I think, to put yourself in a, um, in, a in a room full of strangers, even if it's in a public place like a cafe, you know. Um, mm -hmm. It takes a lot of courage to show up and um, and kind of be vulnerable and share part of yourself and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so I, I think doing what you can to create a feeling of, of psychological safety in that space and then role modeling, you know, here's how we can be vulnerable and how it's perfectly fine. And, um, you know, here's how we can connect in a, in a unique way in this space. Uh, role modeling, all of that is, it goes a long way for people and it gives them a sense of uh, community, right? Because statistically a fifth of the population is HSP. Um, but then it's very, very easy to feel like you're the only one who, you know, has that experience. <laughs> it's just, it's a complete illusion. So if you can break that illusion for people, even during one event, uh, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm hearing is really, if one wanted to do something similar to what you're doing to really set an intention for for the reason of wanting to bring HSPs together and then being a role model in that space and a container essentially for other HSPs. Yeah. 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 And I think it, it really, whatever you do, I mean, you can have a book group, you can have just hanging out in a cafe, you can, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, do a, do a trip to a, to, to walk around, um, a garden or something like any, anything you want to do <laughs> go to a movie um, yeah whatever event it is if you go into it with that intention then that'll really resonate with people right because we we pick up on all sorts of nonverbal stuff very easily <laughs> <laughs> so so if you just bring the right energy uh people will pick up on it yeah i love that and i love the way you said break that illusion because it, it is true it, it can feel very isolating for highly sensitive people to be in that journey um, to realize you're not in it alone really does, as you say, break that illusion. Really yeah, love and, the way you worded that. Thank you. Yeah. And, and not just alone, but um, you know, that, that you have very significant gifts to bring to the world, you know? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the, the tech space professionally, and there's a lot of research now that people are really interested in around how the most effective teams, you know, specifically in software teams, uh, is where I tend to look for, for this stuff. Uh, the most effective teams are the ones that cultivate psychological safety, right? Because It's you, interesting. Yeah, you would think like, oh, the most kind of... Um, I don't know, ambitious or competitive or something, but no, it's psychologically safe teams. Right. It's effective. And in order to, to cultivate that, you need, you know, uh, social, emotional communication. You need intuition, you need uh, empathy, things like that. Um, and so those are all HSP things. <laughs> so <laughs> sounds like we need, we need more HSPs in the world to have effective teams. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. All right. And you kind of 
um, touched on this and explaining your, your meetup about your, your path to discovering that you are a highly sensitive person and how that came to fruition for you. Um, and I, I was curious, where did you move from that was uh, quite a change for you? Oh, well, well, you know how it is, right? It's not just a geographic move. It's also kind of a, uh, like a, a, just, it's the whole, it's the whole life <laughs> experience. I was uh, transitioning from grad school. So being in school for a, a long time, right? At that point to starting my first uh, industry position mm. as an engineer and moved to Boston and, uh, I think Boston was the first city that I really intentionally made feel like home. You know, so before that, I was I was living, you know, wherever I was because that's where school was or uh, that's where I grew up, stuff like that. There wasn't really this really intentional um, feeling of I'm making this home and I'm going to make the most of it and cultivate, you know, the vibe that I want, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, yeah, so so that's a very different way to approach life, <laughs> and it was a really big transition going from academia to industry, and I'm still even today, you know, this many years later, I'm still exploring how that works and how to how to manage that, because um, I I work with a few uh, early career engineers and scientists as a coach, so that's what they're going through, you know, right. I'm still exploring it. That's really cool. That's awesome. Like you're able to bring that experience to the table in the work that you're doing currently and, and give back in that sense. Mm -hmm. And so in this transition from graduating to moving into your career, uh, what, what, if you don't mind me asking, led you to find Elaine's Aaron, Elaine Aaron's book. on Right. Well, so, so I think I mentioned this uh, just briefly earlier, but I found her, uh, the, the HSP and love book back in undergrad. Yes. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I came across it because, you know, I, I felt like uh, relationships were hard. Like there was something difficult about relationships. There was just a lot to handle. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and so I just went looking in the, you know, self-help section, the psychology section, found the book. Uh, it was very striking. I was like, this explains so much. Um, uh, but, you know, I, it was, uh, you know, undergrad is very stressful. There's so much going on. You just kind of try to keep up <laughs> with everything. And so I went, okay, I, I learned something. I feel better after reading that. And I'll just kind of keep doing my thing. Um, but it wasn't until I moved to Boston and really started giving myself space, you know, and giving myself time to uh, sit with these things that I realized, oh, this is the right, this is the right kind of little pocket in the literature <laughs> of the world to, uh, to, to explore, you know, what I'm experiencing. So um, yeah, uh, read the, the original book, which I think is from the late, late 90s. Right, because mm -hmm. the HSP in love is what two thousand one, and then the original yeah. HSP book is like nineteen ninety nine or something like that. Ninety seven. Yep, I believe yeah. that's right. Yeah, so 
read those and then realized, oh, she's written so many other books too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. There's one and I have them all behind me on my bookshelf. <laughs> I, I love that. Child, uh, undervalued self. Um, uh -huh, I see it right there. Psychotherapy for the highly sensitive person. That one's fascinating, you know, and kind of more technical, which I like as an engineer. I like the technical <laughs> aspect. Um, yeah, so really just started diving into it. And, and at that point, it was um, it was just a matter of pacing it, you know, because it's so much information and you don't want to kind of transform too quickly because that's stressful. <laughs> right, right. So you're you're in a place where you're looking for a way to have relationships that felt more aligned for you and kind of dove in really quick, took what you wanted from it. And then once you were establishing your and really putting roots down in Boston and creating your home is finding the highly sensitive persons meetup group really allowed you to let everything settle and start to sink in and take that time on your path. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it does take time because, you know, it's, it's not just reading a bunch of books and then going, okay, I get it now. I'm a different person now. You know, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> I, it would be nice if that's how it worked, but it's just not. <laughs> um, yeah. It's, it's a lot of conversations. It's a lot of, you know, connecting with people. Cause I think the really transformative work happens with other people. You can go right. in with, with a lot of kind of intellectual understanding and frameworks and, and whatnot, but only when you share your stories with people and then have them go, oh, that sounds very similar to what I've experienced. Here's my version of it. Um, and you do that, I don't know, 50, 100 times. <laughs> Does it really reach as deep as HSP is, you know? Um, right. Yeah. 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 So then when, as you, as everything was surfacing for you as an adult, what was your childhood like in that not knowing, but probably sensing something was different? <laughs> yeah. So, so one question that comes up is, uh, in, in, in the meetup group is when did you first realize that you're you know, highly sensitive or that you had this experience that was different from other people's experience. Um, that's a kind of a funny question to me because I think a lot of people realize that something's different really early on, you know, and mm -hmm. all of the language around it and community around it and that kind of stuff comes much later, right? Uh, most of the time. So I would say I probably knew I was different like when I was four. <laughs> or five or so, really early on. Because um, I think the first thing that I noticed was different was that I was just, everything felt more intense to me. Um, and, you know, little things like a, a social interaction, one person says something to another one and then they say something back. And for me, it feels like, whoa, that was an intense interaction, you know? But yes. everyone's just kind of like going with it. It's like, wait. <laughs> Oh, wait a second there was a lot there why are we talking about it <laughs> yes yes right? so if you count that as the first time that you know something's different then that's super super early um and yeah I mean I, I grew up in a 
in a family of five, uh, two older sisters, my, my two parents. Um, I have a lot of extended family, but they're, you know, geographically far away. So it felt more like just five people growing up. Um, and yeah, I mean, you know, 20% of the population is HSP and I, I'm in a group of five, then I'm probably the the one, you know, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, but, but I think, I think there might be one other member of my family who's HSP. Um, but you know, it's just, it's not really the language that we use to talk about this stuff. We just kind of, I don't know, we, we talk about these things in other ways. Um, but there's definitely over the years as you know, we've kind of gotten better and better understanding of, of each other. Um, and, uh, yeah, but you know, family's complicated. Was <laughs> it that comes up in the group as well. The family tends to be complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think that's totally fair for HSPs and non-HSPs. Yeah. Um, so being in that dynamic of a family, when you were able to put words to your lived experience as a highly sensitive person, was that something that you felt inclined to share with them, that you broached in conversations, or how did that unfold or has it unfolded for you and your family? Yeah, so I definitely, I definitely uh, made it a part of the conversation early on, you know, because, because they're curious, like I was going through lots of different changes and first, first industry job and, uh, you know, things come up in conversation. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm also part of this group. And, you know, uh, at one point, my, my, uh, my mom said, well, um, you know, what, what, what is what is important about this to you? you know, which is a very good coaching question. It's like, well, how is this important to you? <laughs> yes. You know? uh, so that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And we, we had, you know, we had some conversations about it, but it, I think it's different if you, in a way, if you, if you grow up with people, right. Cause you kind of feel like you already know each other and it's sort of harder to redefine yourself. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I, I was getting a lot of my needs around that exploration met outside of my kind of nuclear family group. So I didn't feel like I had to really explore it as much there. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and of course would be different for everybody, but yep. that excitement when you're like, these are my people, this is my experience. These things are real. And um, finding where and how and when to share is is part of of exploring that aspect of being a highly sensitive person. And so, I love that balance that you had in in starting to spread your wings in Boston, finding that meetup, and then your mom asking such a brilliant question to be able to be supportive with you in that transition and, and exploration. Yeah, I, I didn't realize how, how good of a question that was until much later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because she kept the, the door open and saw that you were passionate about it. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, really. And so it sounds like um, you, I don't want to assume, but it sounds like you have a good relationship with your family. Yeah, I mean. As, as families come. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I mean, we're, we all, we're all kind of... Uh, high achieving in a way and we you know 
we keep busy and we have a lot going on. But yeah, we uh, try to try to you know get together when we can during vacations and stuff like that. Yeah. Be in touch. Yeah. Yeah. But then I know you did say that when you found uh, the highly sensitive person in love, it was because of relationships feeling challenging. So how has, yeah, how has being an HSP been for you in relationships? Mm. Friendships, intimate, family, whatever percolates for you. Yeah, I feel like like this is really where it's at. Because we we tend to be so relational, so this is mm -hmm. you know, um, this is where the the most I don't know how to phrase it. I feel like this is where the most exploration can happen, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say, and maybe this is just not an HSP thing at all. Maybe this is just a general thing about, you know. Uh, connecting with others that it's it's pretty challenging to have uh you know safe mutual relationships connections with people when you don't understand yourself very well true yeah i agree <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah and you know HSPs are a minority, and there are lots of messages, especially growing up as a as a, a boy and being a man now. Mm -hmm. um, there are lots of messages that are sort of normalized in our society that are kind of like basically microaggressions, you know, for HSPs. So yeah, and particularly for for men. So stuff like crying is shameful, you know, or it's it's uh um even even showing vulnerability is is weakness you know stuff like that which right. makes no sense like we know if you if we look <laughs> at psychology and like healthy relationships and all this stuff we know that none of that makes any sense um but it's just a set of assumptions you know that underlie a lot of the conversations that we tend to have um so if you grow up with those messages um you know, you might kind of assume that being a certain way, showing up in the world a certain way, which is not aligned with your temperament, with who you are, is the best way to do it. But then later when you go, oh, actually, I can make different choices and I can live more genuinely. When you make that shift, uh, you realize, oh, wow, I can actually just feel more like myself and I can actually have better relationships because now I know myself. And I, I could be confident showing up as myself and people, I know that people will appreciate it because it's just often better that way, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it also helps you, I think, uh, understand other people as well, because you sort of get a sense of uh, uh, differences, you know, and you can see where others have internalized certain messages that they might be wrestling with. Um, so yeah, uh, self self-understanding, self-knowledge. Um, those are, I think, the starting point for having healthy relationships. And for HSPs, there's this additional kind of expertise that you need to have, I think, because of like messages that prevent you from accepting your full self. Yeah, so um, 
I'd love to explore that a little more. Could you elaborate? Sure. Um, well, I mean, there's, uh, so, so take vulnerability being a weakness. We know that vulnerability is sort of, uh, you know, it's like, it's like rocket fuel for, uh, for a deeper connection. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I think, you know, if, if you're, let's say if you're a public figure or if you're in a leadership position, you can show vulnerability, but it's sort of, there's like this formula, you know, it seems like there's a formula where that you have to follow in order for it to be accepted. Right. But in, but in intimate relationships in close relationships, um, it's different, you know? So, so we, I think a lot of people grew up looking up to certain people, um, you know, people in leadership positions, mentors, that kind of thing. And uh, I think it's, it's kind of hard for, for those people to, to role model really, you know, sort of genuine, intimate vulnerability mm -hmm. because they have so many eyes on them. Right. And there are these societal norms, you know? Um, and, and so for me, it's things like crying, for example, you know, that. I know crying. Yes. You know crying? <laughs> very, <laughs> very well. <laughs> I'm glad you know crying. <laughs> yes. Because it's, it's so helpful. It's so useful. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, I don't cry that often, but I'm really glad when I do, because when I do it, I need to. You know, and it's something that's just, uh, it releases a lot of tension, releases, you know, it's just helps me process a lot of emotions. Um, but I, you know, I grew up kind of internalizing the message that if, if, if you cry, you know, something's gone wrong. Like you're not strong enough or that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It's so, we so, so sad. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, and I had to kind of rediscover it as a as a tool for for processing, you know, emotions. Um, so stuff like that, you know, like like once you kind of figure out how to design your how you relate to yourself uh, better, then you can you can be a lot happier and have a lot a lot more kind of uh, a, a much better relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So really being able to uncover that authentic self within you after so many years of conditioning and exposure of trying to fit in a different way into the world you're living in, you kind of peeled those layers away and figured out what works for you. And that I'm hearing is what has allowed you to find relationships that are satisfying and, and fruitful and nourishing to your soul. Yes. Yeah. The, by far the, the healthiest, strongest relationships I've had are with people who, you know, I, I feel courageous enough to be vulnerable with. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how you can connect deeper with people without being vulnerable. I mean, it's just what has to happen. And there's so much, uh, literature now, you know, from people like Brene Brown on vulnerability and shame and how that all kind of comes together and, you know, influences our behavior and how we connect and all that kind of stuff. 
you know, all the ideas are there. <laughs> we just have right. to find the way to implement them. Right. So let them in and let it out. And I think vulnerability allows, we, I mean, we live in a different world than, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago. And so there's less space for vulnerability in society and culture. And when we're able to share those vulnerabilities, it, that is the village. That is us taking care of each other. So it's, it's really interesting to hear your perspective, especially as a male transitioning from boyhood to manhood. And really, I'm sure we can say it so easily in passing of really pulling back those layers of the onion, but I'm sure that that really was quite a journey for you to experience yourself. Yeah. And I, and I see it in other men as well. Um, I, I'm not sure how, you know, how this might work, but if, 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 if men who are HSP can kind of rediscover themselves in the world, I think the world would be a better place. Yes. Yes, I agree with that a hundred percent. And so how do you, in this rediscovery that you've allowed for yourself and brought into a place of acceptance and experience, how have you brought your trait into the light and in your work? You've touched on that a little bit. And where else does this, you know, the seed that you've planted blossom? So, I mean, it, the way that I like to start talking about these things is to just emphasize how deep HSP is in our in our psyche, because it's an aspect of temperament, right? It's not personality, it's not etiquette that are much higher level in a way. Um, it's perhaps, sorry, Johannes, but perhaps <laughs> could you share with our listeners more about temperament if they were not familiar with that? Oh, sure. Yeah. So my understanding of temperament is that it's, it's sort of the way uh, it's the, the like, basically the, the way that you are when you're born. So it's much, much come, forms much earlier on and it has, um, you know, uh, roots in mu much earlier in life, whereas personality develops over time and it has much more of a kind of, um, there's more of a nature versus nurture conversation around it, mm -hmm. right? And then at a one layer up, <laughs> you have things like like etiquette or just how you choose to behave in different social situations, which really have not maybe have nothing to do with your personality and have nothing to do with how you feel deep more you know deeper down about a situation. So there's kind of these different layers of of who we are and how we behave, and temperament is is very very deep. And that's where HSP lives. So uh, even if you, let's say you're you're very introverted and you, um, you know, are giving a, a lecture or something, you know, that can be kind of pretty draining. That can be tough. Uh, but if you really believe in it and in, in what you're talking about, then you can, you know, you can do it and you can show up and you can kind of act out of character as, as Brian Little says, he's a, a personality researcher and a professor. Uh, you can act out of character and and do do something, but you have to return back and recharge, you know, at some point. Um, yes, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
so there, there's some something deeper down about about us that is constant right and we can learn how to harness it it can um you know we can kind of develop ourselves a lot in how we show up but hsp is just hsp that's how that's why i look at it you know <laughs> um so thinking of it that way that means that no matter what you're doing you always bring that with you so uh in my uh in my you know close personal relationships i bring you know uh, uh, i kind of try to emphasize emotional connection and and uh empathy you know just a, a more kind of softer kind of closeness with people in a professional setting um i think what i tend to bring is awareness and kind of the, the 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 kinds of psychological safety and empathy that i was mentioning before um because those are like a, a way of you know expressing uh, the the kind of the, the hsp trait in you know in a workplace that's more i don't know more accepted or is considered more functional because if you show up in a work setting and you you know try to connect with people in a very i don't know kind of like warm emotionally fluid way it doesn't quite work as well especially in a corporate setting <laughs> i believe <laughs> that <laughs> yeah the, the culture is just different but you can still contribute a lot through you know, um, through, through your temperament. Um, so it, it manifests, manifests differently in different situations, but it's always there. I think the, the trap that people sometimes get into is thinking, oh, it's, it's, I don't understand how to apply it in this situation. So I just will be a different person. That doesn't work. <laughs> it just doesn't work. No. It doesn't, and it's an injustice to yourself. Yeah. So when you say that you're able to connect through your temperament in these different sort of cultures that you find yourself in in your career, So to touch back on temperament, and I love your explanation of that because not everybody is as perhaps learned or well-read in psychology and in the material and, and those layers. And there is that question of nurture versus nature, especially as a highly sensitive person discovers that this is a trait within them. And I understand that you have brought your temperament into the workspace and have allowed that for you to excel and build relationships and contribute to whatever the task or at hand. Could you share an example of that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the first thing I would say is that it's, it's not always easy, right? Cause, <laughs> uh, cause it's, it, and it's kind of a contradiction in a way because we know from research that, you know, a lot of what HSBs can bring to a, to, to a professional team environment um, is is like right on the money, you know? <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, not every environment is, you know, is is ready for that. So there's a kind of a, a conscience, uh, what is it? Con conscience, 
a sh shift in collective consciousness. consciousness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shift in consciousness happening now, uh, which is going to take a lot of a good number of decades. <laughs> but where you know people are realizing that things like empathy, psychological safety, um, uh, are really drive innovation and and you know create cohesive teams that work really well together. So. So that's all shifting over time, and, and I see it shifting. But you know, at the moment, it can still be a little tough. So you have to be strategic about it, right? Um, I have so many examples that I can give, and sometimes it it shows up in uh, you know the way that having the HSP trait can can contribute shows up in many different ways. So a simple way is. Let's say uh, you're someone's mentor, and um, you know, being HSP, you're very aware of what's going on. <laughs> you're very keenly aware. You're very tuned in, and you notice uh, a lot about your mentee's needs, right? And they might be HSP, they might not, um, but you're aware of a lot of those things. You're not sure if you can bring them up in conversation, but you're aware of them. And so having that information, you can be a better mentor, right? You can just create conditions that um, support your mentee. Um, and I think what happens a lot is that, um, you know, uh, th those conversations can be a little challenging be uh, because there's a, this notion of professionalism that limits how much you can communicate, right? But if you're HSP, you have intuition and you have awareness that lets you kind of communicate through what's basically essentially a, a side channel, right? So the way that you talk about things and the way that you kind of respond to each other is all, you know, nonverbal or it's kind of more the style than the content, but you mm -hmm. pick up a lot of inf information that way. And so I think HSPs are much more sensitive to that kind of communication. Um, so you can keep the professionalism, right? While still communicating a lot and picking up on a lot. So that helps a lot with mentoring. Um, I think it also helps with managing upwards, <laughs> which is another fun topic <laughs> <laughs> kind of how you you know, if, if if you if you see that there some things on a project that you're working on need to happen a certain way for the project to move forward, how do you persuade people with influence above you um, to adopt your perspective, right, or to give you the resources you need? There's a lot of kind of uh, uh, political and kind of influence dynamics that come up there, and if you're more tuned in to people's needs, right, in, in nonverbal ways. Um, if you can kind of read the room better, which HSPs often can, then um, you can navigate that more easily, in theory. <laughs> right. No, yeah. I think it's really powerful to share. Especially, I appreciate you shedding light on that and sharing your experience because for so many highly sensitive people in career change and figuring out how to feel the light in their trait instead of the heaviness that it putting that into context and into words is so helpful and so powerful for people to be able to receive that. So thank you.
And I picture you being in these spaces and like leaning into your high sensitivity to be able to cooperate and move, make movement and shifts in your workspace. And I also imagine that perhaps could feel draining at the end of the day. So how do you keep a balance for yourself with while you share your light? <laughs> I'm still learning how to balance, you know, <laughs> yeah, these things. I think it's a, a lifelong journey because um, you can always get better at it. But I think, uh, I, I think, you know, kind of knowing, knowing when you need to take a break is really helpful. Um, and that's, that's tricky for me because, you know, I grew up in a high achieving household and I'm just kind of surrounded by that, that vibe a lot <laughs> in my professional life. So, uh, I tend to push myself really hard and, and think big and that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, just remembering, you know, if I feel a little burned out, I can take a day. It goes a long way. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it can feel really hard to do. As you said, you have such a one way of being to then start to acknowledge that need to take a personal day. Yeah. But, but I, I have, this has come up in, um, in coaching as well. And the way that I try to phrase it is, um, um, you know, if you think of it as a break, as time off from the main thing you're trying to do, then you're going to have guilt about it, or you'll feel like it's a distraction or something. But if you see it as part of the plan, like in order for me to achieve my goals, I need to take this break. It's in the schedule. This is the core of the plan, right? Recovery time. Then you you can take much more productive breaks. So that's been part of it, that shift in thinking. I love that. <laughs> I'm sure that's been really helpful. It, it really has. Yeah. Um, another thing is <clears throat> just kind of tapping into, you know, the ability to, to read the room, I guess, and knowing when you've, you've sort of reached the limit, right? Because it, it, it's nice to think of HSP as a superpower, um, you know, but we, we can feel drained. Um, and, uh, you know, I guess, I guess uh, Batman has his bat cave, right? He has to go away sometimes and <laughs> be alone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you can't just be out there constantly. That's not how it works. So, um, yeah, there are some situations where it's, you know, it's just very, very intense and it's, uh, or maybe you're sustaining a kind of intensity for a long time and you just kind of have to say, uh, I'm not at my best, you know, I'm a field drained and uh, I want to, I want, I want to contribute as much as possible, but th this is what I, what I need to do that. Right. So I think being, being, having really solid boundaries in your own mind about kind of what matters and then being able to communicate that to other people in a way that shows that, um, you know, you're trying to bring your, your full self um, and that your way of doing it might look a little different than the average person. You know, I think, I think being able to, to, do those things is uh, part of the package for managing 
managing uh, overwhelm. <laughs> yes, yes, or managing not reaching overwhelm. That that be that be nice. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> yeah. <better. laughs> and I love what you said because it is it is part of the process. It's like a part of something you'll learn in every stage of life because we will all change as as we're on the planet longer and. The, I was thinking of this the other day, actually, is that we are all artists of our life and it's a piece that's never finished. And so really being able to step into that place and share that wisdom as a coach with others, is it's beautiful work that you're doing and I'm sure very much appreciated. And so you've talked about so many amazing things, Johannes, um, you know, transitioning and deciding to really put roots down in Boston, which sounded like as at the same time, you're really rooting down into yourself and the way you've connected with so many highly sensitive people and really have brought an intention and an open heart into that space, growing up as a boy into manhood and, and dealing with microaggressions from our culture and society to really educating yourself and diving into the psychology and the value of that knowledge and understanding the difference between temperament and personality and now sharing in your workspace and assuming positions where you're able to give back all these lessons that you've learned in your experience in life. So in a culmination of all of that, for you, what does it mean to live the HSP way? I suppose it's different for everybody, but for me, uh, I think it's feeling like I'm making a meaningful contribution in the world. You know, whatever whatever that means. I mean, I'm very, you know, uh, immersed in the HSP space and I'm very immersed in tech as an engineer. So I'm in these different spaces, but um, I think the idea is to at least when I feel like I'm, you know, um, showing up in the most genuine way, it's when I feel like I'm focused on making a meaningful contribution. I love that. Yeah. That, that depth of, of your existence, your, your dharma is to, to create meaningful contributions on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. When I feel connected to that sort of mission, that purpose, it feels a lot easier to tolerate the ups and downs. And then when I feel disconnected from that purpose, it's a lot more stressful. So it's actually, you know, it's a good thing to stay connected to that, um, especially for HSPs. Right. And such an insight, you know, as you, as, as I asked, what does it mean to you to live the HSP way and to be able to feel what it feels like when you have that disconnect as well as what it feels like when you are in alignment and in flow. And yeah, I think that's really well said and, and a great, a great share for people to hear of, of because it is different for everybody. And so yeah. I love the contribution and, and the way it sits within you and your wellness is, is a powerful part. So thank you so much. This has been such a juicy conversation with you, Johannes. <laughs> I really appreciate your time. Thank you, Jamie. And if people were in the Boston area or wanted to learn more about what you do and get in touch with you, what would be the best way? Well, uh, if you'd like to connect, 
directly, uh, you can always email me. Uh, I, I don't know if you'll share the my email or do you want me to say it or? Yeah, you're welcome to say it, but I'll also put it in the show notes. Okay. Yeah. So a, a good way to connect directly would be uh, just to send me an email, joh.traa at gmail.com. And, um, you know, if you'd rather look at the, the meetup group, there's a decent amount of information. You can kind of get a sense of what it's about. And uh, it's pretty easy to join. You know, you just kind of uh, hit join and then answer a couple of really simple questions like what brought you to the group and how can we best support you, stuff like that. Uh, just go to meetup, look for um, highly sensitive first uh, person's greater Boston area, I think is the full name. And um, it should show up. <laughs> we have uh, events every, just sort of, you know, informal events, usually online, um, every other Tuesday evening. And we have some dinners in the Boston area, which is really nice because we get to get together and just eat cool food from somewhere <laughs> in town, which is always great. Those are popular. Um, and yeah, there, there are other events too. So you can just check it out, you know, no pressure. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just connect in whatever way you'd like. Awesome. Thank you so much for that, Johannes. Thank you. Wow, y'all, that was so good. Johannes packed so much in there. Definitely don't be shy. Go back and gather up those juicy nuggets. As he so clearly defined the value of HSPs in the workspace and team environment and the importance of breaking the illusion of having an isolated HSP experience. He demonstrated how to be an emotional leader within communities and an emotional leader for men. If you are in the greater Boston area, you can find Johannes on Meetup by searching Highly Sensitive Persons Greater Boston or contact him directly joh.traa at gmail.com and I will leave these links below in the show notes. Thank you for hanging out with me through to the end of this episode. It tells me that we share a similar belief and agree that it is important to raise awareness and build community for HSPs so that together we can empower one another to be the emotional leaders that our world needs. So I invite you to take action and be part of the ripple effect by sharing this episode with someone in your life because it could be just what they have been looking for. And let us know what you think. If something here spoke to you, leave a review or find me on Instagram at the HSP way. I would love for you to send me a DM there and let me know how this episode landed for you. I will leave this information in the show notes. And again, thank you so much for listening, my sweet HSP. Let your light shine as we journey on together.